Over these last few weeks, I've found that nothing really makes me think more of my experience on the farm than these long, hot summer days. Now, it's not so much because of the days themselves, but it was so often because of the different routines that I would go through on these days whenever it was so hot and so muggy that oftentimes there was this similar schedule that would happen at the farm each and every day. They didn't matter necessarily what we're doing in the day, but it mattered at the very end because there was always this routine that we would eventually come to that point where we knew it was time to close down, finally time to go park the tractors in the barn and put all the tools away. And then we would start to go home. And whenever we got home, there was always these three distinct steps that we would take. First, we would likely take a shower to get off all the grime and all the dust that we had accumulated over the day. And then we could finally maybe sit down and take a breath in that cool, refreshing air of the air conditioning inside the house. And then we finally get to that point where it was time to have supper, that we were able to finally sit down and satiate our hunger that had been developing for those long hours as we had been out in the fields working. And that was always that routine, but it was always so refreshing. And I found myself, no matter where I was and no matter what field I was in, I was always looking forward to that moment of rest and refreshment, when I could finally sit down and take a load off, where I could finally put aside that yoke and all of the labor that I had been doing. And I dare say that all of us do that in similar ways. Now, it may not be exactly that structure or that routine, but we're all looking for those moments of rest and of repose, of that relaxation, of the comfort, and of all of those things that we find so similar and so important to daily life. And yet, as we expand upon that, it's not just part of a daily routine, but it's actually something that we go about throughout life. They were always looking for comfort, for consolation, for reassurance, and even sometimes someone to help shoulder the load. But whenever it comes down to it, at the end of the day, what is the most refreshment that we can gain? Where are we going to find the most comfort? Where are we going to find the most consolation? Is it going to be in these temporal pleasures, or is it going to be in something more? The first reading this morning is taken from the book of the prophet Zechariah. We might recognize the particular theme that is encapsulated in this reading because it often comes to us on Palm Sunday, that it speaks about this king that is riding on this beast of burden. And as we recognize that, that is the image that typifies our experience every Palm Sunday, that we celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ entering into the eternal city of Jerusalem. And that is true. And that's still reflected in this reading, but there's something more that happens in the second part, and something that actually the readings and the cycle at this point want us to focus on, that it wants to focus on what the king brings with him, not so much the entry itself. And what is the king bringing with him? Well, we're told that he's casting aside the horse and the chariot and the warrior and all of these different things, these items of war that normally a king would bring with them, that oftentimes they would bring about warfare because they're coming to conquer. They're coming to establish their dominance over whatever land they're entering into. But it's not so with this one. Rather, what this king is coming to establish is peace upon every nation. We're told that he's establishing his dominion from sea to sea, from the land to the seas, and all that they contain. So in fact, this king is altogether different. He's causing pause because he's establishing peace. He doesn't want to go about establishing all this war and conquering lands and dominions, but rather he wants there to be this peace, this rest, this reassurance, 
and even the security. Something's altogether different here. We move on and we hear from St. Paul in his letter to, the, to, letter to the Romans, and as he's speaking, we hear about these two opposing things, the flesh and the spirit. And he's reminding the Romans and the church in Rome at this time, you are not of the flesh. And he's trying to remind this of them because they're so used to life that way, that they've just newly come upon life in the spirit, life with God, life as a Christian disciple. And so he's trying to remind them that things are altogether different at this point in time, and you're not of the flesh. And they're immersed in a culture that is filled with the flesh or material goods or all of these distractions in life. He wants them to put them to the side because he wants them to recognize their way of calling is now higher. That they've been brought to life in the Spirit, life in the Lord their God, life that fills them with abundance. So they're no longer enslaved to death or encapsulated by that any longer, but they're rather supposed to choose towards that life in the Spirit, that life that's going to give them abundance, and that life that's going to lead them to eternity. Because he doesn't want them to choose the flesh. He doesn't want them to choose what will ultimately lead to destruction. But he wants them to choose away from those things that are so popular in the culture and in their time and choose towards life in the Spirit. Then finally we arrive at the Gospel according to Matthew. There's a couple of parts in this one just like there were a couple of parts last week, and yet the parts really work together. That at the very beginning we hear Jesus speaking to God the Father. That we're given this place as if to overhear him speaking in prayer. And what is he saying? I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. It's contradictory to our experience. It's something that seems to shock us because we know that wisdom, prestige, honor, experience, all of these things come with decades of experience, decades of time, decades of age. That we know that we need time to develop knowledge, to develop wisdom, to gain that experience, to be one that is truly wise and intelligent. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, all of these things about faith have been hidden from those, point, those people that we consider wise and learned and rather have been revealed to the little ones. Because oftentimes the little ones grasp the easier concepts. They don't overly complicate life. They grasp very simply. And there's something beautiful about that because in faith, there is a need to grasp things simply, to not overly complicate life, to not make it more or overly burdensome than we need it to be. And so the Lord is speaking very plainly. Things have been hidden from those we might consider wise, but they've been revealed to even the littlest amongst us. And then he continues on, and he shifts his gaze down from heaven and starts to speak to the disciples who are around him. And he has this very simple invitation. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. He's speaking to the disciples because he knows there's so much that's weighing on them. So many worries, so many fears, so many anxieties, so much to be done. And yet he says these words, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. This is important because it flies in the face of the world's expectation what religion is. Because let's think about it, let's go back. Let's look at this as a whole picture. 
Whenever we think about burdens, whenever we think about yokes, whenever we think about the things that we have to do and have to accomplish, whatever is weighing on our mind right now, what are those things? And then let's consider another thing. Whenever we consider everything that's weighing on our mind right now, what's going to bring us comfort? What's going to bring us reassurance? What's going to bring us rest and relaxation? Well, I can tell you exactly what the world's going to tell you. That they're not going to tell you religion. They're not going to tell you faith. They're going to tell you that faith is something to be bucked off, to be disregarded and thrown aside, because it's a yoke that is too heavy to carry. It's something that's going to encumber and enslave you, and it's going to hold you back from everything that you desire, and it's really going to ensnare you away from freedom. That's what the world's going to tell you. But is that even true? Because as much as the world loves to tell us that religion, that our faith, that believing in our Lord Jesus Christ and having an intentional relationship with Him is going to hold us back, it in fact is the exact opposite. Because the world is afraid. The world is very aware of what's going to cause us true freedom. The world is very aware of what a relationship with Jesus Christ can do. That it's going to set us free. But it doesn't want us to know that. Instead, what the world wants us to do is to distract ourselves, to consume whatever form of media we want, to go about and to consider life and to seek after all these fleeting pleasures because it doesn't want us to know the truth. And what is the truth? Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. This very same world that tells us that religion is a burden that religion is coming to ensnare us, to enslave us, to captivate us, and to bring us as a place, of, as a person that is enslaved to all their beliefs. And it's going to make us believe that it's going to really truncate our freedom. But the reality is the exact opposite. Because the world's very aware of that. Because the Lord is speaking very plainly here. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. He's not saying, come to me and I will make your life a burden. He's not saying, come to me and I'm going to make your life so difficult that you can't live it effectively. That's not what our Lord said. Our Lord is very aware of our human condition. Our Lord is very aware of what our desires are. He's very aware of the longings that are on each and every one of our hearts. And he knows how much we want to be filled to overflowing. He even knows how much rest and relaxation we want. And he wants to give us those things. It's very contradictory to what the world's going to tell us. Because as much as the world wants to tell us that living life in God is going to captivate us, that's going to hold us back from reaching our fullest potential, in fact, we're going to hold us back from our fullest potential if we don't follow the Lord, the very one who created and designed us. Because he wants us to live in freedom. But he wants us to live in freedom as sons and daughters of him. Because he wants us to see what living to our fullest potential can look like. Because he wants us to cast aside all of these yokes and all of these burdens. Because he knows that the world is going to give us these yokes and burdens, even though it tells us that it's not so. It's telling us that all of these yokes and burdens, all of these distractions, all of these fleeting things that is thrown upon us, that they're pleasures, they set us free. But in fact, they don't. They in fact hold us back. They don't let us live life freely, but in fact really encumber us, enslave us, and leave us with burdens that are far too hard to carry. And even when St. Paul's speaking to the Romans, he's reminding them, you're not of the flesh, you're of the, of the Spirit. 
The flesh is too weak to carry burdens. The flesh is too weak to pull the yoke of this life. But the Spirit is strong enough. And that really is what we're encouraged to do. Because my brothers and sisters, when Jesus is speaking, or whenever we hear Zechariah speaking about that king that is coming, what is he saying? Peace. He's saying rest. He's saying relaxation. And he, that we will find rest for ourselves in one whose yoke is easy and burden is light. So in fact, it's a, remind, a reminder for each and every one of us, my brothers and sisters, that the world is telling us about all the fleeting things that we can grasp after. It's telling us that all of these things are going to provide us rest, relaxation, and freedom, and all of these pleasures that we desire. And it's going to bring us ultimate fulfillment and satisfaction. But how many times are we left empty? How many times are we walking through life and it's not even taking away all of the burdens, all of the yokes, and all of the oppression that we're undergoing each and every day? Because the only one that really truly can is our Lord Jesus Christ. The world at large may not know this and many of our brothers and sisters may not know that at all either, but we do. But are we willing to take up the yoke? Are we willing to take up the burden of our Lord? Yes, there might be some rules that we need to follow. Yes, there might be some more things that the Lord is encouraging us to do. But he's doing that because he loves us so. That he knows what's going to hurt us. He knows what's going to cause us fear. He knows what's going to be a burden too difficult to carry. And he wants to lead us away from those things, but to lead, them, lead us to him so that he can carry and shoulder our burdens with us. And so the reality of this life, my brothers and sisters, we're not meant to live according to the world and its fleeting pleasures, all of its comforts, its consolations, and all of the enticements that might seem pleasing to the eye, but at the end of the day leave us wanting. Rather, we're called to follow the one who calls to us quite simply, come to me all you labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. My brothers and sisters, what do your burdens look like right now? Where are those yokes that are needing to be cast off? Because, my brothers and sisters, Jesus wants to take them from us and to give us something that is far sweeter. It might seem like labor up front. The world might tell us it's something to be cast aside. But in all reality, it's something that will set us free, that will lead us to our fullest potential and help us to live life and live it abundantly. And I dare say there's a few different steps that we can take this week, and we, even as we continue our journey of faith. As much as I talked about at the end of the day on the farm, all those different things I enjoy, there's different things that are going to cause us rest and relaxation in our faith as well. First, taking a shower. Now, I'm not speaking literally here, but I'm speaking about a shower as our faith would have us take. That it's talking about cleansing. It's talking about approaching the door of the confessional, as frightening as it might be, and experiencing being cleansed from sin and from weakness yet again. That if you're looking for a sign to go to confession, this is your sign. Now's the time. That we need to remove that old yoke of oppression, that yoke of slavery to sin, and we really need to be renewed in life in the Spirit and life in God our Father. So we need a shower. We need the sacrament of reconciliation. But we also need that cool breeze of being in the house and experiencing that air conditioning. I'm not speaking literally here, but I'm speaking rather about living in the breath of the Spirit. Because that Spirit is soothing. That Spirit is meant to give us comfort, to give us rest and reassurance. That Spirit, as much as it comes to us in scriptures or in prayer, is meant to give us that comfort and that constant reminder of God's presence, no matter where we are. 
That's that cool breeze that we seek and desire. That as much as we live in the heat of our burdens and the yokes that we often go under, the Lord wants us to experience that rest that only the cool breeze of the Spirit can provide. And then finally, we might want some dinner. We might want some nourishment. We might need to feed on the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, and we do need to feed on Him each and every week, if not more frequently, because He wants to give us that nourishment, that presence, and that continued gift of Himself so that we might draw strength from them and we might be renewed. Because, my brothers and sisters, we're not meant to carry the yokes and the burdens of this life alone. So often the world's going to tell us to cast them aside, but ultimately it leaves us to carry them by ourselves. What we really need is someone to carry them with us. And our Lord Jesus Christ does that, especially as he comes to us in the sacraments, most especially in the Eucharist. He doesn't leave us to our own desires, but he wants to give us that nourishment, that fulfillment, that strength for the journey, so that we may not falter, we may not be crushed underneath the yoke or our burdens, but instead we'll be set free and we'll be able to lead and to follow our Lord unconditionally and to truly experience that rest and that relaxation, that peace and that security that only our Lord can provide. Jesus speaks very plainly. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. This is not a God of anger. This is not a God of vengeance. This is not a God who's out to make our life more difficult. This is a God who's come to set us free. This is a God who is aware of our human condition, of all the different things that call our names and make it very hard to live the life of a disciple. And he wants to take those burdens and those yokes with you. My brothers and sisters, he tells us to come to him. He will give us rest. What are our burdens right now? Where do we need our, that yoke that is easy and that burden that is light?